Welcome to Movement is My Constant. This is the podcast for breaking stagnation patterns. Through interviews with movement researchers, I seek inspiration in their experience and encourage you to stay curious, to explore movement with awareness, knowing that the body contains the intelligence to make decisions and communicate with grace. Enjoy this space. My name is Anna and I'm your host today. Helping people or for us to find our power, I think comes with that alignment, full body, head, heart, soul, spirit, all of the above. My guest today is Ben J. Monday. Ben is a body-oriented coach, supporting his private clients to reconnect with the wisdom of the body to build trust, confidence, and increase life's fulfillment. His holistic approach blends movement, postural alignment, and inner somatic exercises to bring aha moments through body awareness cultivating safe spaces to slow down and tune into organic, emerging sensation and express our authentic self. He brings his personal interests of yoga, bodywork, running, travel, physiology, public speaking, conscious dance and meditation to enrich his offerings. On today's episode, we talk about trust, confidence, how to make decisions through one's power, and we bring you a short awareness practice so you can taste both of our teachings and take a resource for everyday life. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Ben. Welcome to Movement is My Constant. I'm really happy to have you here today. We've met through an embodied community here in Portugal. Well, I'm in Portugal. You're in Germany, in Berlin. I'm in Lisbon. You're in Berlin. And we've met through common friends and colleagues in the Embodiment Tribe in Lisbon. And it was so nice to finally meet you and to really take in your energy, which is really wonderful. It's really inspiring. And so I'm really excited to have you here today. So we were preparing for this episode. We talked about our work, obviously, and what we could share today. And we touched upon trust, the issue of trust, how it's so important for being present with awareness And then we also thought, hey, how about we offer our listeners a short exercise? So this is a little bit of a framing for our little conversation here today. So like I said, I'm excited to have you here and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Anna. It's a pleasure to be here. It's really nice to spend this time in commune with you. And yeah, in preparation for the show, yeah, it was lovely to kind of discuss some of these ideas and see where today goes as a kind of a free form exploration. So um, yeah, looking forward to it and hope we can offer some great stuff to your listeners. Great. Thank you. So I'm really going to start, you know, with an overarching question around your work. So tell me and tell our listeners What is body-oriented coach? Yeah, thanks. Body-oriented coaching. I think that most people know what coaching is. Mm -hmm. you know, the idea that therapy is kind of going back into our past and kind of working through issues that we may have kind of experienced in our past to make us feel better today. And coaching is a bit more kind of future-focused. What do I want to achieve in the future and how do I want to do that? And 
when I kind of pivoted from my previous work as a tailored dressmaker, when I was really interested about how clothing and fit and form and the movement of the body, I went and did this coaching certificate, which gave me an understanding in kind of cognitive coaching, how the mind thinks and processes. And I felt like there was something missing. And actually, when I brought the two worlds together of the body and how we process and how we move through the world with this cognitive element, I came to somatic coaching and also embodiment coaching. So it's kind of more about regarding the body as our main instrument for understanding ourselves and also our tool for moving through different blocks or problems or old stories and aligning both body and brain, which is the whole system. There's no duality. It's just one thing. But helping people, my clients or participants of my workshops to, yeah, bring both of those together. So body-orientated coaching is everything to do with the body, whether it's physical movement, whether it's emotional, whether it's kind of small micro movements inside the body, outside the body, sensation, and then obviously then with the mind and the mental psychology and the philosophy. So it's a holistic kind of coaching approach that really puts the body at the center of our development. That's beautiful. I really like when you frame it through the work you've done previously in the fashion industry, because to me, it seems like you were looking at the body from an external point of view, and then you started going inner and inner into the body. And it feels like it has enriched your life. Obviously, it gave you a new perspective on things that you could also offer to, to people. Mm. So yeah, it's nice to see that little coming out and into the body and also the different disciplines that are around it. The somatics, embodiment, brain, body. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, if I just build on that very quickly, mm -hmm. as I'll go into today, this kind of like expanding, contracting, inner, outer, small picture, big picture. I got into fashion because actually clothing itself, while observed from the outside, the clothing that we wear is the communication of our own identity. So I was really curious and interested as to what is it and how do we communicate with the world outside us through different means. And fashion was just one of these kind of conduits of language, which was like, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what I want to express, or this is what's going on with me and my world and my identity. So yes, that's kind of how I kind of got into it. And, you know, again, conscious about how the body is communicating and expressing itself. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. And this is what you connect, like this expression of the body. It's how also you connect to the personal power. That's something that's very strong in your work. So how do you define one's personal power? Oh, finding someone's personal power. There's an interesting one. Well, I think obviously, and I'm sorry, it's it's going to be that kind of cliche. It's different for everybody. Yes. But I think that the power comes when there's real alignment, alignment between what we want, what we would like, our values, our emotional being, how am I being in this situation? And then how am I embodying that? And how am I taking all of that and moving it into action? We want one thing, but actually our body is actually really wanting something else. You know, classic example is when someone says, do you want to come out and spend an evening going out and doing loads of stuff and having lots of fun? 
And there might be a part of you that says, yeah, of course, that would be wonderful. Great. And then actually the embodiment part of you is kind of, oh, I really need something else or, you know, not really quite there. And then we have this conflict between us. And I think that's where we really struggle. And that's where the power gets kind of dissipated because we're just not aligned between what we want and our thoughts, feelings, and then our actions and our behaviours. So helping people or for us to find our power I think comes with that alignment, full body, head, heart, soul, spirit, all of the above. Yeah, that's great. It's funny, you are touching upon this center, like this point of balance, but it does also include others, right? So there's one perspective of the individual from the central point, but there's also another perspective that could include others, right? So whether it's expectations or, you know, how will that make me look if I decide not to go or if I decide to go? Is that like another realm? Yeah, certainly. We as humans can never live in isolation. We are relational animals and we will never escape being part of something bigger than ourselves. Boundaries, obviously, a really important topic in this kind of area of, of discussion because it's what is it that I'm wanting, needing and I would like and it feels right for me that's aligned with my ethical values, hopefully ethical values, my value system. And then what are the kind of expectations, wants, needs, desires of others? And finding that balance between satisfying ourselves first, but in relationship to others, and at the same time, trying to satisfy other people's without sacrificing ourselves. And finding that balance, whether it's outwards or inwards, that's the bit that you know, helping or having that somatic intuitive knowledge and feeling is really powerful as a tool. So learning that, which is a learnable skill, is really wonderful for an individual. Yeah. Is that what you relate to decision-making? Is there a relationship between decision-making and the personal power? Is this the space where you work on? Indeed. I think that when we find that alignment, and you mentioned the word trust, we've tried and experienced and most of the time majority of the time it kind of goes better for us if we work from a a centered place that's aligned with our wants and wishes that the outcome turns out quite well and then then we can start to trust and so having that as that moment of trust coming back to ourselves and i think that's we're going to go a bit later about coming back to what's present right now then informs those more confident decisions. So yeah, being able to come back, what's true right now? Can I trust in this through practice? Hopefully, yes. And then going forward, then that's where we start to make these more confident decisions that are are right and aligned with us. Again, still in with the relationship to other people. Otherwise, we're basically a megalomaniac. (laughs) (laughs) exactly so we were here like framing a little bit about your work and a lot of things that are part of it but I wanted to go a little bit not back but I'm always very interested to know what influences someone to the moment of time where they're at so what brought you here today what brought us here together what were like the influences you have the fashion industry yes as a means of you know giving you some input but maybe you know, other influences, people that are important to you or early memories 
that already gave you this sense of the body connection, embodiment, etc. Anything you'd like to share? Yes, indeed. I think what was really present for me was everything to do around the physicality of the body. Growing up in the countryside, I had three older brothers and two older stepbrothers. I was always out doing sport, connecting with nature, moving, sensing, you know, just really being in movement and action. Now, there was not so much emotional work as a young boy and a group of boys and family that weren't very kind of emotionally open or descriptive. And I was then influenced by different things. My brother going off to India, and then I went and did that later. Meditation. I was always kind of philosophical about things in life. I got into yoga through an ex-partner when I was 18, 20 years ago. And I think also creativity needs a level of sensitivity. And that sensitivity to what you're experiencing, external influences, your environment, and that's always going to have an impact on, again, coming back to the body. So there was lots of different things that were kind of being melded together. And as I progressed through fashion, you stop doing the kind of technical work, the specialist work that you love doing, and you become a manager. And of course, that was a different step. And then all of a sudden, you're not doing the kind of technical work, you're more managing the people. So then there was a level of, okay, what what helps people develop and what holds people back? So for me, it's kind of a myriad of different things that have kind of been this melding pot that's led me to this point now where there's this real interest in helping people develop. I think there's also this kind of altruistic part of your life after you finish your 20s and go into your 30s and and move up is that you start asking the question less about what is it that I need, but what is it that I can give to the world? Mm -hmm. And taking this idea of having sports and a physical background, the kind of mindfulness or bodyfulness practices of meditation, of yoga, of philosophy, and the art and the creative world, And then, of course, then the retraining and coaching and somatics and then embodiment. It's kind of left me in this place, which is this kind of fun, yeah, pool of inspiration and influence that allows still this space of being creative just around the body. And I think that the more that you look into the body and to the complexities of, you know, how we've evolved, it just gets more and more beautiful. I know that maybe you can speak to this at some point around your work as a mindfulness trainer. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. how much richness there is in all of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, the more you look, the more interesting it gets. And of course, what's that famous saying? Uh, the more you learn, the more I learn, the less I understand. Or the more I understand, the less... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that one? The more I learn, the less I understand, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. Which is interesting because a lot in the embodiment world and in mindfulness, or at least the type of mindfulness that I believe it's interesting, that indeed includes the body. It's not just so much in the mind, but it's really about, you can learn a lot of things. You can read many books, you can read and learn and whatever, but to understand is in the body. To understand is really having this somatic experience of experience, basically. (laughs) And it makes a huge difference because you're really reaching towards your body in ways that you are connecting the body to yourself, to others, to everything around you. And that's when you really understand when you put the body into it. 
So it sounds like a very steady path you had. I'm always very interested in also the momentum of change. Like there's always pivotal moments in our lives, you know, like when we see something as like, this is not right. I need to change, you know, that's sort of like force. And then everything you've learned consciously or not consciously that we are now reflecting comes alive then and then you transform it for, you know, your new work or purpose, etc. So can you identify a momentum where you thought, okay, enough is enough. I need to change something or maybe, you know, the reason why you do your work with women uh, or in the corporate world. Is there something you would like to share more specifically? Yes. I want to touch on what you mentioned around the change part and feeling that in the body and kind of knowing when things don't feel right. Mm -hmm. And the idea of these kind of red flags of being able to tap into what doesn't feel right. And then the kind of contrasting that with our flow state, that point when we find ourselves in a place, a context, a situation where things just seem really easy and things start to happen for us. And being able to feel that subtle resistance and going, I think that's not quite right. You know, people talk about intuition. It's not a magical thing, but it's learned through a process of the body. The body is always taking in information. I love what Amanda Blake, she calls our bodies as a sensory and an emotional antenna. Mm. And so we're always picking things up. And so finding that state of flow of movement and, and trying to stay with that as much as possible. The Tao Chi talks around life being like a river. And going and finding and moving with that flow. And as soon as there's resistance, that's the rock. And even that resistance after a while gets kind of eroded away. So trying to feel ourselves in that way. For the part and why I work around with women is that sadly, not sadly, but it feels like the way that I work resonates more with women. Sometimes when I ask a man to feel or tap into sensation or slow down, or what's that kind of experience? Oh, I feel stupid. <laughs> and there's instant resistance. So it feels more difficult to work. And then on a, on a more global kind of concept is that working in business, we've been in these kind of male-centric corporate environments for a long time, and we can see the damage that it's doing to our natural earth. Mm -hmm. And there's so much research and studies and data to show that diverse cultures within businesses create nicer places to work for people, better outcomes for the business themselves, more prosperity for all, and just better business ethics. So I wish to kind of promote and be an ally in promoting women through business to increase and speed up diversity through companies for the health of all of us and we talk around kind of yin and yang energy we've had a very yang energy for a long time of make create produce output you know go 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 expand and so you know we're kind of doing some damaging things to our environment and the world and we're so cut off from the yin of feeling and sensing what this destruction has done that we need a bit more of that so supporting more yin energy, softer, sensing, feeling, connecting, being in commune with others than just going out alone feels really good. And so I mix them all together. So again, it's just kind of, again, myriad of, for a greater well-being of environment, for better diversity through our companies. Yeah. Yes. 
and then this kind of somatic embodiment kind of process of working so that's how I run it all together cool that sounds really great so that kind of changes a little bit how we look at leadership right I mean normally leadership or you know it's about really taking control like you said it's male energy owning the outcome owning the process but now it's more about maybe letting go is that something you also focus your work on the letting go the idea of presence and trust for letting go of that controlling aspect of leadership business review released a article recently which talked around what leaders need nowadays is the ability for interpersonal skills it's the ability to manage diverse teams global teams and also technically advanced teams so it's less about that kind of stereotypical dominant leader but it's more of a kind of receptive communal leader that can hold space that can listen to a team that can communicate whether it's a vision a strategy or a way forward so that softness that leadership is needing those kind of more soft skills and it's just a different way of doing leadership so yes yeah, supporting that transition supporting those changes being able to invite people into that space to be a little bit softer more open more receptive for the prosperity of all and our businesses and more healthier leadership. Yes, please. <laughs> so I think this kind of really frames really nicely what we want to bring next uh, on the topic of trust, if we want to go and dive deeper a little bit. When we were preparing, I shared with you a little text and you shared with me an article on trust. So we were really looking into this and we connected trust with awareness and presence. And this is a text that my meditation teacher read for us. And I'd like also to share it with the listeners and then... Uh, We'll see what comes next. So the Buddha said, don't chase the past or long for the future. The past is left behind. The future is not yet reached. Right where you are, have insight into whatever phenomena is present, not faltering and not agitated. By knowing it, one develops the mind. Ardently do what should be done today. And who knows, death may come tomorrow. There is no bargaining with mortality and its great army. Whoever dwells thus ardent, active day and night, is, says the peaceful sage, one who has an auspicious day. And I'd like to use this opportunity as we're talking about this to connect to something that came later on my meditation, which is the ability to remember in the present moment, we create the ability to have our memories. So what we remember today, the presence that we are, the awareness we bring to the present moment will be the memories in our future. Perhaps you can share with me based on this and what this brought to you, what I've read and what we talked this point in trust, you know, awareness, presence, and trust, and how does it help us to create the type of actions we want to see? Mm. Yeah, it's such a beautiful piece, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Buddha, he was wise, wasn't he? He was a oh, wise old yeah. guy. He knew what he was talking about. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He knows. He took his time. He's been around for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> I think what would be really nice also just to build on this is also to bring in 
you know, of what this podcast is about, right? Mm-hmm. Movement being my constant and this idea of change and time continuing and the change over time. What I see a lot, I meet some wonderful people within my work. My clients are always looking to be better people. I never have someone come in and say, I want to be worse at this, or I want to be (laughs) not so confident or not so self-caring or not such a good talker or promoter of myself, right? They're always looking for like, let's say self-development of some terms. Mm -hmm. And that involves change. And change is a process of time from our past, where we are in the present moment, into our future. And there is a want to be able to navigate this change through this window of time, this process of time, whether it's three months or six months or years or, you know, you know, many different processes. And this navigating of change, people look for support. You know, they come to coaching or they go to therapy. And I want to tie this in with the level of trust because knowing that change is happening can feel really insecure because we're letting go of who we were and moving towards who we want to become or letting go of a way of being transitioning to the way that we wish to be in the future Mm -hmm. from kind of island a from island b and i want to come back at you with the short word poem, which I really love and I wanted to kind of bring in, which is the Christopher Columbus quote, which is, you can never cross the ocean unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. And that courage that he talks around is, I would use the word trust, that you set sail from island A, from who you were, and trust in this kind of change transition process to where you get want to be, which is kind of island B, the outcome. And that takes time. And so having that trust is so important. But can you trust in the past? Well, it's already gone. Mm-hmm. And can you trust in the future? No, it hasn't arrived yet. So where can you trust? Well, that comes to be right now. Right now in this very present moment. And this present moment, which is continually changing from second to second to second, you know, the Ben yesterday is a different Ben to the Ben I am today. And me today will be very different from the Ben tomorrow. So how do we come to that present moment? How do we build that trust in the present moment? That's the question. Because coming back to that, coming back to that, coming back to that, it's pretty difficult. Because our mind wants to think about the past or, you know, ruminate about the past or always concerned with what's going to happen in the future. And, oh, God, is it going to work out? And what's it going to look like? And, you know, how is it going to be? <laughs> and actually, the only place that we have any control over is right here. And yes, that is cliche. But how do we do that? Yeah. And maybe this is the part that we talk around, you know, our two different disciplines. Yes. For me, it comes back to the body coming back to the physical body it's the flesh and the skin and the bones and the blood and really connecting back to right here right now and and you can do these beautiful practices of grounding feeling the feet on the floor feeling the breeze on your skin feeling even just the kind of 
you know, aches <laughs> and pains in your body will bring you back to the present moment. Of course, nobody yeah. wants to think too much about pain, but just coming back to here instead of being pulled into the past or rushed into the future, breathing, what a gorgeous kind of gift that we have, you know, to breathe in, to breathe out, to be part of this bodily experience of our heart racing and, or heart beating and blood pumping and all the digestive organs doing what it needs to do and our cells respiring and, and it's incredible. And so for me, helping my clients come back to this moment of what's happening in the body right now, let's bring that awareness back. And using the body as this kind of anchoring tool, peace, you know, reconnecting it, putting a hand on the heart, putting a hand on the back between the shoulder blades or back of the neck, you know, just reconnecting with touch. So powerful for helping us come back into this present moment. Am I okay right now? Can I give myself this space to let go of the past, to let go of the future and just be right here right now? Am I in any immediate danger? You know, as I look around myself and I look around my room, I realize I'm not. And that just gives me a small window to feel okay right now. Start to build that trust of, am I on the right path? I think so. I hope so. Hopefully, if I've chosen the right path, if I'm going towards my North Star. Yeah, I am. Okay, cool. Can I center and ground into just that feeling right now? I just trust in this moment because the more moments that we can trust, the more we live in a perpetual state of trust. And that feels really good. And maybe you'd like to say something around the mind, mm -hmm. right? And, and, mm -hmm. and maybe how, maybe that breath is what connects both of us. Again, you know, one is not without the other, but, yeah. you know, as we move up from the body, and I talk about breath, maybe you'd like to say something around breath. And yeah, thank you. So I think that's for me what embodied mindfulness is, the sensing, the understanding of where I am, recognizing the space, recognizing that the present moment contains all these inputs to the felt sense, actually, and allowing that to get into your meditative moment or to include it, basically. So I'd love for you to guide us through maybe a five minute or so exercise on exploring this. Yeah, I'd be delighted to. And the thing that comes to me is an exercise I use with my clients and normally at the beginning of the sessions to help them drop into the space. We'll have busy lives and a busy world outside. So using this can be really wonderful. What it's called is I'm feeling, I'm sensing. And it looks at the difference between sensing and feeling feeling is around emotion the basic kind of things of happiness and joy excitement and sensing is around sensation the language of the body so we're looking at temperature movement and pressure and it's quite simple so i'll do it now and i'll lead it and maybe you'd like to have a go afterwards and how we would start is i'd invite them myself and my client to Close their eyes or cast their eyes down. And if your listeners want to do this as well, it's really good just to shut out the world and allow yourself to connect. And it also helps you feel and sense what the other person is feeling and sensing. So feeling happy and excited to be here talking with you. I love finally getting the chance to 
explore these topics with you, Anna. We've talked about doing this previously, so it's great to be here. I'm happy I get to talk about things that I'm really interested in, I'm passionate about. There's parts of me that feel a bit nervous because I wonder how I come across, how my energy is perceived, what people think of me. We're always in relationship to other people. There are people's judgments. I'm also feeling a little bit tired because I didn't sleep very well last night. And I'm feeling kind of a bit busied and a bit rushed because I know that later on today I've got a few things that are coming up and they're quite complex. And that's what I'm feeling. But I'm sensing and I feel inwards to the body. I'm sensing a roundness in the base of my belly. There's a warmth as I sense my outside of my left and right hand just pressing against my lower abdomen. I'm sensing the softness of this shagpile carpet that I stand on when I use my standing desk that feels really light to touch. And I imagine the image of the sheep that it's come from, white, fluffy, standing on a green hillside somewhere. I sense a tightness on the outside of my neck from the corner of my jaw down the line to my clavicle bone, a pulling, stringy, and sensing an expansion in my chest that feels opening. I'm sensing a dropping in my stomach as I've just had lunch. And I'm sensing a fullness, feeling full at the moment that feels what I might call contentment. So I feel content, but I sense, yeah, wholeness. I'd love it if you would like to try that. So I'm feeling happy, happy to be here for having this conversation as well. And I'm feeling the excitement of listening to this podcast uh, as soon as, you know, it gets recorded and I'm starting to edit and that excitement of looking back into the conversation. And at the same time, I feel some anxiety as I want to make sure that you've had the space to talk. I, I like my guests to have the space to talk. So I'm feeling anxious today say everything did i make them feel good yeah and i'm feeling a little bit tired too it's the end of the week and i'm sensing the most immediate sensing is i have my dog under my feet mm. so i can sense her uh 
or a little fur or a dog hair, I don't know, uh, beneath my feet. And it's very soothing. <laughs> and her paws uh, as well, the bottom, the feet. I'm sensing the weight of my body in the chair as I'm sitting. And that is uh, soothing and calming. It is grounding. And I'm sensing that I am hungry because it's lunchtime. I haven't eaten yet. And there is a few tensions in my upper body. In the chest a little bit. Diaphragm maybe. And I'm sensing a constant need to adjust my neck over my shoulders. And I'm sensing that I'm smiling with my cheeks, my eyes, my head hurts from smiling. Mm. Mm. Nice. Thank you so much. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that opportunity just to listen to somebody with your eyes closed just allows us to kind of take a moment and as you kind of explain and share your sensing I can sense that too right the kind of tightness yeah. contraction in the parts of the body or yeah the, the facial muscles that help us smile exactly just be able to connect with that exactly that's exactly what I felt when you uh, shared yours I felt such a connection because you were inviting me to explore my own body through your experience, through your eyes, mm. through what you felt. And that creates a lot of empathy. Mm. So what I would like to add here, because you asked me, how does it look from the mindfulness perspective? Yeah. This was already a very mindful exercise. And I would like to explore here when we are, you know, on a meditation seat or even standing how we could tap into also awareness. I would like to share this exercise with you. I'd love that. So I invite us to, um, well, us and our listeners to close the eyes and once more. And finding a comfortable position that embodies this calm, awareness, and curiosity. And Ben is standing, for instance, I am sitting, so both are welcome. And in this position, we know we are sitting. We know we are standing. We bring awareness to the sitting, to the standing. We know where we are in this present moment. We feel the feet on the ground. We feel the sitting of our cushion or on the floor, perhaps, or on the chair. And we adjust our posture from a place of knowing that we are here and we know what we need. Relaxation can be done by relaxing tensions in the body without any force, but using our breath. And anywhere there is a tension, you can subtly focus the breath to that area. It's almost like you're blowing 
to a small leaf and watch it move very gently. So you're moving your tensions gently. I invite you to take two deep breaths to explore this. So you know you are here with the breath and with your posture. And you can start noticing all the sensations of touch, the floor, the chairs, anything that connects you to the present moment where you are. The body is already talking. It gives us the cues that we are here. So we keep on breathing in the knowing that we are breathing and noticing that where the breath goes, everything relaxes. And we let the mind be the mind, the thoughts coming and going. This is the mind thinking. We know the mind is thinking. And we can expand the field of awareness to everything that happens around us in this moment. There are sounds, there are light. We can include them in the field of experience because we know they are part of our space. They are part of where we are. We know we are here. Deep breathing into the belly without tensions or force. We know we are breathing. And we can notice with curiosity, how does the body feel right now from when we started? How do sensations and feelings manifest now? I invite you to notice how they've changed, shifted, transformed, maybe disappeared or moved. They are part of the present moment. Slowly, and when you're ready, you can start opening your eyes and come back to your space. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's the alignment, right? Mm, yeah, connecting that kind of knowing and sensing almost that backwards and forwards between letting go of the mind, dropping into the body, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. using the mind to be conscious and be aware. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you for being there. It's constant practice. So I guess our listeners, uh, if they've explored this, I wonder, you know, maybe they ask, how could I practice this? How could I use this? How would you say they could use your feeling and sensing when, how, 
what would you be suggesting? Yeah, well, I think that any time really, you know, catching ourselves being pulled off into the past or into the future and bringing ourselves back into the present moment, whether that's through touch, you know, the textures around us, going for a walk in nature, reconnecting with the breath, all of those things are just going to allow us to come back to that present moment. Just check to make sure you're safe. And from that place and that space, what's possible? And I'd invite people if they wish. I have a somatic guide on my website. You can go to my website and in the pop-up window, there's a guide that I've created, which includes seven different somatic presencing exercises, allowing us to use body-orientated techniques and tools just to reconnect with the present moment and start to develop that trust in the process, using the body and the mind and the breath. All of those things are, are looked at, even some writing, even some yoga nidra, coming back, back into the body and back into the present moment as our anchoring as we move through the day. Yeah, yeah. And can you share your website or where people can find you? Anything that can connect you with our listeners? Yeah, thank you very much for that opportunity. Yes, well, my name is Ben J. Monday. The J is for James, if anyone asks. I know that you'll put that in the show notes, but I am benjmonday.com is my professional website. And on my social channels, I'm ben.j.monday. And you can find me there. I will just say quickly that Monday to make things more difficult, is spelled slightly differently. M-U-N-D-A-Y. M-U-N-D-A-Y. Yeah, cheerleader style. <laughs> and your listeners are very welcome to check out any of my work. I've got lots of videos that I try and make short little tools and tips just to come back to the body and empower our autonomy through awareness. So there's different things yeah. to practices to do, different concepts that I work with and yeah, just hopefully some little bits here and there that the listeners can have and walk away and, and use immediately. Yeah. I hope add value and hopefully expand and inspire curiosity and in, in the power of the body and the present moment. And yeah, bring a level of sovereignty back to our independence. Exactly. I love that word, sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And it's true. You have a lot of material and I really appreciate that. So to wrap this up, is there anything we have not touched upon that you really want to say or share or point to or promote? Just something that came to me then was Mel Robbins said something the other day in, in a quick video that I saw. And she said, no one's coming for you. No one's coming to save you. And while that sounds quite scary, I think that as adults and hopefully conscious beings, we can take back through awareness our own responsibility to make changes in our lives and be empowered to do that. And I think that that comes from, yeah, reconnecting with the body, asking what it is that I do want, um, visualizing what we want, working towards it, 
And again, knowing that movement is constant, <laughs> constant is your movement, that it is this lovely process, that life is a process, to go with the flow, to move with it, that we can continue to change. We're not set in our one way. There's many options, opportunities, endless possibilities. But coming back to the body, knowing what that is, feeling to what that is, aligning head, heart, and mind, and taking back that sovereignty to really make the change that we want to see in our lives. And yeah, I wish to empower everybody with that knowledge and inspire them to make that change and to do it. And you got it. Thank you. And just thank you very much for being here today. I really appreciate our lovely talk. And thank you so much for sharing with me. Thank you. That mindfulness practice and just holding a space. And I've had a wonderful time. So no anxiety needed. It's been really, really great. I'm smiling ear to ear. We're both up. <laughs> going to have to massage the jaw tonight. Yes. But thank you so much, Anna. Yeah, it's been beautiful being here. It's my constant. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. Your work is really inspiring. And thank you for bringing it out there. And let's continue. Movement is a constant. Yes, indeed. And yours, absolutely. Your work is very much needed in the world as well. So make sure you spread your own love and light into the world because uh, it's hugely valuable. Thank you so much, Ben. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.